welcome to Push to Talk, part of the Geek Freaks family. I am Frank, and today I'm pleased to be joined by both Billy and Andrea from Devious Eye Entertainment. How are you guys both doing today? Doing good. Outstanding. How are you? I'm oh, doing great, doing great. Last day E3, we have a lot more announcements to come, so it's always a good day. <laughs> we, got a, we got a cool DJ set later on today, so. Yeah. Fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'll be good. And then we have Steam Awards, too, coming up later on. And, and this is going to be probably the first year I actually pay attention to the Steam Awards, <laughs> which will be nice. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, that'll be good. All right. So uh, first off, let's talk a little bit about Devious Eye Entertainment. You guys are one of the booths that were at E3, and, and you guys are making a big splash. I hear a lot of people talking about you guys. Um, can you break down a little bit about what your company is and what you guys bring to the table? Absolutely. Go ahead, Andrew. Sure. So Devious Eye Entertainment is a multimedia company. We make video games, music, soon film. Right now, nice. video games and music are our top priorities. We have in-house music artists that are released. And then we also have, as you know, if you check out our E3 booth and pretty much every social media we have right now, you can see our seven games that we announced at E3. Besides our game, we have a whole family of games. So that is primarily our, our main focus right now. But we also have some some child studios of DVC Entertainment. So we have Before the Storm, and we have a new one that we just announced on the first day of E3, which is called Dreamfire Games, which is actually the studio that's going to be handling the development cycle of Arcane. Okay. You guys seem to be a really tight-knit community, and that's one thing that just really just attracts everybody to you guys. When we're watching you guys' stream, we're just like, I want to hang out with this team. And it's just really cool. So... What 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 brings that out? How are you guys? How, did you guys just try to find the most passionate people possible? Is that what it was? So five years ago, I had a vision. Um, I actually to to really go into this. Five years ago, I had a job offer mm-hmm. uh, from Microsoft, and uh, they offered me a job. And I went through the whole process of everything. And uh, long story short, I didn't get the job. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where it was like, oh, man, like, you know, I went to school for game design and business and it was my dream to work for Microsoft. So it was kind of like, well, my dream kind of sailed away. It was it was, you know, my opportunity is kind of gone. And then I met an individual and we started talking and the guy said a certain just a word. And I was just like, "Want make video games. And so. For that, we started DVSI Entertainment. Um, so five years ago, if you had asked me, do you think you're going to be at E3 anytime soon? I would have said no. Right. Um, I wouldn't have thought this would be a moment that would happen. And for the past four years, actually, Andrea can vouch for this because um, we've, we've, we've had our ups and downs. But when I started the company, the whole purpose of the company was to allow people to live out their passion and actually pursue those. So it's like Andrea said, we're a multimedia company, um, but we're not just that. We actually have our own brand of coffee. We have some ideas for uh, some restaurants that we plan to open. Um, we have a couple other ideas like getting into like sports. Um, so we're kind of like a, a versatile company where the people who are a part of our team, we want them to live out their passion. So there are people here who want to make video games. And seven of those were shown to everybody, you know, as far as E3 goes. To be completely honest, everything that we showed for Arcan was actually done in three days by just Andrea and myself. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) 
Last Shot, which is one of our other big games that were shown at E3, that was actually done in three weeks, and it's fully playable. Um, I believe we sent you guys some keys. Um, but we're proud of our team because my vision has always been to allow people to have that opportunity to live out their passion. There are people in our company that it's just literally like, this is my dream, and I never thought I'd be able to do this. Yep. This is something, like, I wanted to make video games, but... I never thought I'd have the opportunity because I never went to school for it or anything, but we have the learning materials to actually allow them to like learn. And as they learn, they're just like, Oh, I want to, I want to do lighting or I want to create a world or, yeah. you know, do storytelling. So it's something that I'm very passionate about. And one of the things that is our, our standard as all of our companies are is people come first. So our people are more important to us than any project, any amount of money, any, any, you know, amount of fame, our people are what come first. And it's kind of built upon the fact that, you know, I, I tell everybody this all the time when it comes to our company, but we're family. Right. So it's like, you know, not everybody who is here, right. Right now we number it 40, there's 40 of us. Mm -hmm. And of us, it's like probably out of that 40, maybe, I don't know, maybe five or six are actually like close and like we've known each other for a long time but it's like we treat everybody exactly the same whether you're you're like legitimate family or you're somebody who's just a part of the dvsi family like your family and it's just like you come first and i think it's part of what has really helped us to grow is that we're willing to support passion and we're willing to you know treat you as if you're just your family your blood so i think we enjoy it and i think it's really what helps with this but as far as E3 goes, they've been trying to get us to go to E3 for four years now. And it's just something that we kept kind of putting off. It's like, we weren't ready. We weren't ready. We weren't ready. And then last year with COVID, me and Andrea decided like, you know, everybody else take the time, be home, be safe, everything like that. Me and Andrea pick up the slack. So we literally for eight months just did everything ourselves and put things together and set things up and and we have kind of an unconventional development cycle because with the seven games that you saw, the majority of those are actually in like active development. And it's just the way that we kind of structured ourselves and how we work on projects. Um, but we're proud of it because we do get a lot done in the amount of time that, well, we were able to show seven games. <laughs> three. Yeah. We actually had 10 planned, but we, uh, we unfortunately had to cut three of them because it's just we weren't going to have something in the amount of time we were given but yeah i mean that just a great story right first of all i mean it's so it's so exciting to be to be seeing a company like this at the ground floor uh it's something that we see the industry kind of moving away from everything's getting bigger a great example of, of what i'm seeing here is i'm a longtime blizzard fan right and in the 90s you know this was blizzard is not what it used to exactly. be exactly and it's funny you say that because that's actually something that we discussed yeah. literally before E3 started. We were like, look, we're going into this. We're going to be honest with people. We're going to tell people like what you see in our trailers, other than our card game, what people saw in our trailers is legit, like factual, like you will play this. This is in the game. And we wanted to show people that regardless of what level of development our games were at. Yeah. And it's like, look, I'm a huge wizard fan from the 90s like yourself. So for me, it was just like, let's, we need that mentality of Blizzard. Yeah. You know, it's like, we won't have release dates. Um, and that's one thing that, you know, we kind of all agree upon because we want to deliver quality products. 
And that's what Blizzard used to be. Right. And now it's just like, let's let's turn it out. Let's oh, turn yeah. it out. Let's turn yeah. it out. And it's just like so many things have happened with that company where it's just like, look, all your figureheads have left that company. I know. Yeah. Mike uh, Morheim, I love you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I am looking forward to what they do with Dreamhaven. Oh, like, me too. I yeah. am excited <laughs> to see, you know, what they accomplish as a new company where they're going back to their roots of passion. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're about exactly. is passion. And it's just like, that was one of our like things that we really were like, yeah, this is what we're going to be. <laughs> and I, I got to say with Dreamhaven, it's like, with all the games they created when they were originally part of Blizzard, if their their website looks fantastic and oh, yeah. inspiring and beautiful, if their website looks fantastic, I can only imagine what their games are going to look like. <laughs> when you see that website. website, yeah. You see the website and you're like, if I can be in that world for just a moment, I'm in. You guys got my money. Here it comes. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie, we may have, you know, reached out about a partnership or something, of but course. we'll talk about that at a later date. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, best of luck on that one too, because of course the more more minds on a project, the better. And and there's some great ones over there. But to to the point of of like how Blizzard is now kind of bleeding off a lot of this talent to go do kind of what you guys are doing here, where you're creating going back to the passion, you know, getting away from the Bobby Kotick and the and the Activision kind of things like that, and just starting back at like, let's get the developers their their um their spotlight as you guys are doing it's fantastic and the result is this slew of games you guys brought to e3 uh last shot looks great we we haven't got the keys yet but we're excited to try it out and we're going to review it if if possible um oh i was i was told you guys got keys you got keys coming away then all right <laughs> score guys score um just just so many things awoken which i you know i'm not the kind of guy that could play an awoken game but uh, i'm excited to see other people excited about it to be honest with you i gotta be able to sleep at night you know um and then of course uh arcane itself arcane to me looks like it's one of those classic rpgs that you grew up with and you're just like i want the stories i want to be in this world so arcane will be the first release from our um, sister studio of dreamfire games mm-hmm. um i am the studio head for dreamfire games okay. Uh, before the storm, our studio head, she unfortunately isn't here right now because there's some huge announcement happening with Nintendo. So she's camping at GameStop. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's camping there with my wife and a couple other people because they're waiting for this announcement. So we all pretty much probably know it's oh, the yeah. new Switch. We know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Dreamfire Games, uh, before I get into Awoken, Dreamfire Games was something where literally I woke up one morning at 5 a.m. and I was just like, Dreamfire Games. This, yes, this is going to be a thing. Like absolutely, yeah. and I literally at five thirty a.m. I'm on the business website registering the company, paying for the license, like everything else, just to make this like legit. So I'm like, I gotta get this legit forty three. Blah blah blah. And my brother, who handles our money, it's like I paid for all this out of pocket, and I tell him, and he's just like, Why do we need another company? And it's just like, Trust me, like I know where I'm going with this. Um, but Dreamfire Games is kind of like my pet project. Um, yeah. The games that you can expect from Dreamfire are going to be heavily story oriented, but they're going to be a little bit shorter experiences. So it's going to be something where you can play through it kind of quickly, uh, but you will have experiences where you'll remember it. And then you'll want to go back and see, like, if you do something different, would that change the outcome? So the first game that's up for release from that is actually Arcane. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because not only because of you guys, but because of all the fan feedback we've gotten where, to be completely honest, what we showed with Arcane took us three days to put together. Um, the game is fully playable. <laughs> you can attack people. Um, it's got some monsters and AI walking around. We built an entire castle 
and yeah. kingdom that you could see in the trailers. Uh, we built a living world almost. Um, the only thing we didn't actually get time to put in is we actually have wildlife that we want to put into it and everything. They have like deer like grazing. It's like Andrea loves the goats. My favorite uh, goats. I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was in the trailer, but um, in one of the versions of it, I had little goats walking around. I'm like, oh, they're my favorite. Oh, they got to come into the but, game. <laughs> Arcan, Arcan was an idea I had at the same time when I came up with uh, Dreamfire, where it was just like, here's this cute, artistically, like, fantastic RPG that people will be able to play, but then we're going to incorporate gameplay that's like Dark Souls. So okay. it's like, you're going to play this game, and you're going to be able to, like, go through it and enjoy it and have a lot of fun. The story is something that is super fantastic. Um, you play as Sai, who is the girl that you see in the trailer that ended our E3 presentation. Um, and she's kind of a Viking. She comes from a Viking village and the, her village is basically destroyed. Um, evil magics have been released into the world. They have corrupted the lands. And unfortunately her village is one of the villages that gets destroyed. And her, her loved one is actually taken from the village. So she sets out on a journey to basically correct these injustices that have happened across the lands to basically reclaim the positive magic of the world, but also to save her long-lost friend because it's the only person she still has because everybody else has kind of been destroyed from the magics that destroyed her village. Yeah. So it's a journey that we feel a lot of people really enjoy and they'll connect with the character as she learns like new spells and abilities and you know, gets, you know, finds even some companions that may join her along the way. Um, but it's a very big world. It is pretty large. Um, so far, unless things change, we're kind of going for no loading screens to just have a oh, seamless nice. world. Um, the artistic style is just something that we are very proud of. We yeah. really enjoy the art style that we have chosen to go with this. It, it Andrea Rup link, uh, compares it to, uh, Breath of the Wild, yeah. um, and I think that would be really cool to give people something of that type of art, but in a gameplay like, you know, Dark Souls or Demon Souls, where it's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you end up getting into a moment where it's like, you have to, like, you got to dodge and you got to, right. like, you know, know how to attack and block and kind of read your opponent and stuff. And not all the enemies will be that challenging, but well, it's going to be fun. It also kind of reminds me when I was um, doing some of the test playing before recording the trailers for it. A lot of it was also, it reminded me of Monster Hunter. So Monster Hunter, mm -hmm. how there's no health bars for the monsters. You have to memorize. You have to learn their behaviors and learn their patterns of when their health is low. Because there's no, there's no UI indicating when they're about to kick the bucket. You just kind of have to watch their patterns. And you learn the monster's attacks just by getting used to fighting them. So when I was actually recording the video for the trailers that are public, I was fighting um, some of the satyrs in there, and I'm like, okay, this guy, I'm like, ah, I need to go ahead and try to take him out. And then he decided to swing one of the axes. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right, all right. So this guy is starting to pick up on what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So we're going to have some of that too, where the, there is not the game uses one. The game uses a heavy emphasis on machine learning. Mm -hmm. nice. So one of the coolest things about the game is, like Andrea was saying, with the satyr, she's attacking the satyr. Well, if you keep doing the same moves, over, then the AI is going to start to register and learn exactly what you're doing. Oh, so, <laughs> pro tip: 
mix it up a little bit because <laughs> if it starts, yeah, because if it starts to learn your your gameplay habits, it's actually going to adjust how it attacks you and how it you know goes against you. Right. So you know if she's sitting there and she's just spamming to do a quick attack, the AI is going to start to learn. Okay, you're doing a quick attack. I'm either going to block or I'm going to move out of the way and then attack. Oh, so it's really cool how we've implemented machine learning into you know Arcane and you yeah. know a couple of our other games, but <laughs> and, and that little that I mean it doesn't you know that's such a game changing move right there because you're talking about these big games that don't do something like that and here I'm thinking as a player I'm like oh no I'm the kind of guy that just like once I figure out the comfortable dodge button that's my go to on everything. <laughs> So now I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm really hoping if we're talking Dark Souls, you're going to have a difficulty slider for those of us that are not so skilled. I would appreciate it. We're still playing with the idea of difficulty stuff. Uh, I'll be honest. I've never played a Dark Souls. I have played Bloodborne. I did enjoy it, but I didn't get far in it. I did play Demon Souls uh, on the PS5, and I do enjoy Demon Souls. But there are moments where I've played and I've been like, man, this is like really, really hard. So we might implement some type of a difficulty, like, scheme where it's like you know maybe if it's too challenging for somebody it might auto adjust to be a little bit easier that way it's open more to a variety of an audience because oh, the game's not going to be really mature or anything so right. we want to make sure that you know not only you know adults like us can play this game but also like you know kids can have the opportunity to jump in and play arcane as well because the story is really you know it is a fantasy magic creatures like it's something that we want all audiences to be able to experience and have fun. But we do want to have that little challenge aspect oh, yeah. where it's like, okay, this is this is a little bit challenging. You've got to kind of learn the mechanics and, you know, really like jump into it. So I think, you know, we might do something, but we're still working on all the different ideas we have for this game. <laughs> I'm just thinking of my my skill cap. That's I'm a selfish in the situation, to be honest <laughs> with you. Um, yeah, because I like to hit my head against the wall <laughs> in Dark Souls. So. Um, yeah, I, I, in the world too, you, you brought up Breath of the Wild and then we're talking Monster Hunter. I kind of got Fable vibes myself. So I, I am a huge fan of Fable. Yeah. Uh, uh, when Fable was announced, I was sold. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I'll be honest, Halo sold the Xbox for me, but Fable was definitely, and is still one of my most favorite RPGs ever. And I, and I played like the Witcher, um, uh, so it's just like, but Fable, there's something about it. I always go back to Fable. I enjoy the crude humor. I enjoy everything about it from the combat to just the mechanics to the story itself. I mean, what Peter Molyneux created with, you know, Albion and everything like that, it's just, it's amazing. And you don't forget your experiences with Fable. And that was something else that really kind of inspired Archaean is it's like, I want to, you know, and Andrea can agree, we want to deliver this story and this gameplay and stuff that is just it stands to Dreamfire's, you know, whole purpose, which is it's memorable. Right. It's something that you'll talk about years down the road and be like, oh, my God, can you remember when, you know, I went to this castle and I had to help siege it because, you know, Sai needed to get something from there. And so, like, I'm excited for that. And we also will have, you know, a little crude humor in there to kind of pay homage to Fable. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the things that we kind of aspire to do with all of our games is to pay homage to the games that kind of inspired, you know, what we are developing and what we're creating. Um, we do use the Unity engine and we actually have Easter eggs in all of our games where it references the <laughs> Unity engine. So whenever That's you're playing cool. a DVSI Entertainment published game, 
definitely look around. You might see uh, something Unity hiding in the oh, world. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> um, that's that's slick. I always like to, to find those Easter eggs. They're hard to find. Um, okay, so you're, you're talking about a shorter RPG experience. Those two generally don't, you don't hear those two together. Usually like, if you hear Skyrim, I'm like, oh, it's got 200 hours. And you're like, okay, great. And then, uh, and then of course, some of the shorter games. But I like this because as the fan base ages, our time is more and more limited, right? With the added responsibility of adulthood. Um, what is the playtime you're kind of predicting for Archaean? Playtime is probably, and it's probably like some people will probably look at it and be like, well, that's not really short, but I'll explain. Playtime for Arcane is probably going to be about 15 to 18 hours Okay. Um, to play the entire thing and stuff. But that's for somebody who you've got the mechanics down, you, you've got everything kind of figured out. And that's not even including uh, the DLC that we kind of have planned for it as well, where you may venture to other worlds, but can't really get into that right now. Um, but the reason why I say that that's short is because I actually have an RPG that will come from Dreamfire Games, which... From anybody who saw our trailer for Doomsday and saw, you know, maybe our, our uh, little thing that we did on Sunday, which was we called it our uh, table talk, where we actually showed uh, live like footage of us in Doomsday walking around and stuff in the world to show, to demonstrate the realism at that world. I have an RPG that's like that, that's coming from Dreamfire Games. You're talking, it's probably going to be 300 plus hours. Oh, wow. And the scope of it is going to be photorealism as it relates to everything there. But that is a story and just gameplay mechanics and everything that, to be completely honest, I'm 33 years old and I've been working on it since I was 16. Oh, wow. So that is like my pet project. I, I tell people here, I call it my Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it is something that I'm very proud of. And what's really interesting is I have a multiplayer idea for it that nobody's done yet. Nice. And that's something that I'm very excited for is it's like I'm still kind of in lead with this idea for what I plan to do with multiplayer with it that nobody has yet to do. And that's something that excites me because it's like I'm still sitting on something that there's an original story. Gameplay will kind of feel very similar to like Skyrim or even The Witcher. But then I have this multiplayer aspect that is really special. And I think people are really going to jump on it and really enjoy it. But that's that's for later. Yeah. That's something that I'm, I'm excited for. But it's, it's something that's definitely a later project that we kind of are dabbling in right now. But it's it's something that's going to be very big. Yeah. Something that back burner that sounds like it's all passion. And that's, oh, man. We can't wait to get our hands on that then. Um, Arcane, uh, okay, so we're looking at 15 hours. That's perfect, right? That's that's kind of what you're looking for, uh, for myself anyways. Um, now, do you guys favor the expansion route or the sequels route? Now, I mean, I know we're talking pretty far in the future at this point, but I'm just kind of thinking of like, how, how are we looking at on this? So for, for our games, it really depends on the game that's being played. Um, Arcane... I see, like I foresee and kind of we planned out that we are going to have DLC where you get to venture to new worlds, mm -hmm. um, which will have their own engaging stories that Psy will have to embark on. But it's not necessarily a sequel. There might be a sequel, but we don't want to share things about the sequel just yet. Of course. Um, but it just depends on the games that we're working on. Some of our games have direct sequels. So, for instance, Awoken, you know, actually sequels into Doomsday. So Doomsday is part two of that story. Um, and as we discussed yesterday on another podcast, 
part two of that story is drastically different from a survival horror game. So it's interesting to have something go that route. But as we were telling them, with a lot of our sequels, you really will have to play it. And then it'll be one of those moments where it's just like, oh, my God, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, Which is just it's a part of storytelling. You know, it's basically creating the worlds and giving people these experiences. And then when you play their sequels or get into, you know, and, you know, emphasize like expansion, it's really one of those moments where it's just like, I get it. I get why this is the same. I get why this connects. I get why this is, you know, all part of the same story. So it's something we're proud of. And I think it's part of what drives our passion is just how we want to go about storytelling with all of our games. I mean, even an all multiplayer game like Last Shot has some story elements in it that we're excited to share with people. Um, but even that one won't get a sequel. Like that one doesn't have a sequel plan. It's more of just yeah. an add-on content for that one. That one is a it's a game that's going to last forever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many ideas for it and so many things that are coming to that one that I think it's it's one of those games where it's like the only thing that may drastically change is the graphics as technology gets better and better right, right. but other than that last shot is one of our games where it will basically be an everlasting game that we'll never see a sequel but right. it really just depends on the, on the games we're playing like what we're making and stuff and then at the same time it depends on like i kind of what i just said the games we play really inspire us to do stuff so i'll be honest blizzard fan i a lot of my game ideas came from what they created you know um my big project came from actually the campaign editor for Warcraft three. Like that is, that is where that came from. So it's just kind of like, it went from being a small little like campaign that I built and my brother and I would sit there and play and have fun with to now it's this huge epic that I've been basically writing and putting things together since I was 16 years old. That is going to be, like I said, my, my Tolkien, my, my game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, So it's just like, it's exciting what we do here, but passion is what drives us. I mean, our motto, which is on the back of our shirts, is imagination makes us infinite. And it's just like, it's the truth. Because with your imagination, you know, you can drive your passion wherever you want to go. You can do whatever you put your mind to. And, you know, I'll be honest, when I went to school for game design, I learned the Unreal Engine. And coming into the industry it's like well i i favor the unity engine just because to me there's so much more you can do but then it's very user-friendly yeah, versus so- what unreal was when i learned it in school so there's a lot more resources for yeah. the unity engine that I, from what i've seen working in the unity engine as heavily as i have been within the past like at least a year i've been just living and breathing the unity engine yeah and from what i've seen the community, even the community for Unity is a lot more open and willing to assist new users to it or even assisting veteran users to it if they have questions. And there's a, a lot more online resources for it. And it's just, like I said, it's a more welcoming community for any indie developers and seasoned veteran developers alike. Like they're all in the same group together. Like you're learning something new for the first time. Maybe someone else is getting a refresher, but it's overall a more welcoming and more connected community. Because I have, I've used the Unreal Engine a little bit and I've kind of jumped into that one accidentally, like <laughs> the community for, for the Unreal Engine. And some of it's like, and not, the internet's not perfect, but it's a lot less welcoming of to course, the yeah. Unreal Engine. But then the other thing that we like about it too is like what people don't 
really understand when it comes to the games you buy in the store is what games are made with Unity. Because a lot of games don't credit Unity because, you know, they pay for a higher tier of service. We pay for a tier ourselves where we don't have to credit Unity, but we have already, as an entire studio, we've decided, like, no, we want to credit Unity because we want people to know what it can do because it can do games to 2D platformers that you see on, like, mobile phones and stuff to what we showed with Doomsday, where it's photorealistic, just like what you would see in the Unreal Engine. So the engine is very powerful. It's just you don't see a lot of companies actually credit it. So it's like people go, Unity, like, who uses Unity? <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, you'd be surprised. A lot of people do. <laughs> So we're, we're really excited to be, you know, working with that engine and doing the things that we're doing and being able to show a variety of, you know, different game genres and different game art styles that we can, you know, basically say, yeah, we're proud of this. Like, you know, we're proud to be a part of this. Yeah. And, and, and it, you know, it shows your guys' passion and, and, and what would be the word? Um, honesty in, in toting the engine that you guys are using within unity and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an engine that, powers so many of our favorite games it's amazing you great point that they don't they don't advertise themselves as much as like unreal does which i think is a lot of the epic behind them basically doing that Um, but see i'm a firm believer i'm a firm believer i'm like yeah and i I tell andrea this a lot i tell a few other people in the studio too you gotta advertise there might be a problem there because if you ever notice all our game consoles are AMD, but do you ever see an AMD advertisement? No, you always no. see Intel. Yeah. You know, but AMD is doing just as good as Intel. I mean, it's the same with, you know, That's NVIDIA. Funny. It's the same with, you know. It's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> AMD doesn't advertise themselves, really. Unity doesn't really advertise themselves. But what are the two things that we use for development? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Unity. And what's funny is, is like, you know, being a Blizzard fan, it's a lot of Blizzard games, which people don't understand, are actually made in Unity. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's something that's really, really cool. A lot of uh, Ubisoft games are made in Unity that people just don't know. Um, we actually, we kind of were unaware of that ourselves, but if anybody ever gets a chance to watch Mythic Quest, obviously it's made by Unity and, you know, the lovely people over at Apple. And God, they show off Unity on all the computers in their little fake studio that yeah. they have. But when they're showing things on them, it's like you see For Honor or like clips of Assassin's Creed or stuff like that. And it's like, no, all that made in Unity. So it's it's yeah. really cool, you know, to see and, and know that other companies are using this engine that we're using, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, Andrea's actually had the privilege to talk to some people from other AAA companies that use Unity that have discussed and, you know, helped her with some of the questions that she's had. And it's been really cool because they've even asked her like, Oh, well, do, do you know, like we're trying to do this? And it's just like, yeah, absolutely. Like, so yeah. it's a cool community. It's right. it's a community that really stands behind like working together, you know? And it's just like, that kind of works with our flow as far as a company. <laughs> yeah, I built, um, so far, like just reaching out to the community for development advice or giving others advice as I have gotten advice and assistance with things. I've reached out to other people and I'm like, hey, if you have a question about something, I'll try to help you the same way that I was helped before. And I've actually, the company as a whole has actually built a lot of relationships based on the Unity community. Yeah. So like, it's it's pretty cool. Like, it's it's a game engine, but it also has its whole, like, community within it. So it's it's pretty neat discovering that as of recent. Yeah, and, and as a player, a lot of people don't understand. I mean, like, the engine's just like, oh, yeah, Unreal. It's that thing that pops up in the beginning before I get into my games. Um, mm-hmm. and then here you're talking about community and builders and, and, uh, of course all creative 
people have that too, like the little communities. Do you see, um, where do you see Unreal Engine and, and uh, Unity moving forward? Do you think that they'll continue in these paths, one of open and one of exclusivity? So on, with the Unity engine, um, they do game development, but a lot of their stuff, they have their technology in more than just the gaming community. So more okay. than just more than just video games, they actually work with a lot of auto, um, automotive companies like Bentley, Toyota, Volkswagen, and they, they create technologies for those companies, as well as AR, uh, augmented reality, virtual reality. And um, so they have a lot, like they branch out a lot. Like I was researching that, even though I'm not, in particular, using the automotive technologies that they've created or the augmented reality or virtual reality as of right now. But they have... <laughs> wink, <laughs> wink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> they create a lot of technology for many different companies, whether it's uh, architecture design or car modeling designs or even technologies for vehicles. Like They have a lot of different things that they branch out with. Unreal... Kind of just hear about the gaming industry. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. If they do, they more do. Than, they do. Okay. Yeah, they do. They do. But they do I know, Unreal. I mean, uh, they're Unity they're in sure. other industries as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I know Unity for I, sure. I honestly feel like both companies will continue the trajectory that they're going. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. When I originally got into doing this, I actually wanted to use the CryEngine because um, there's some things that the CryEngine can do that the other two engines can't. But the CryEngine is even more of a closed off community than Unreal or Unity. Like you ask a question and it's just like, you may get an answer or you may not, um, but they don't really have learning materials or anything else like that. We went with Unity heavily because of the learning materials. Cause like I said, a lot of people here who want to make games and stuff, they don't know how. So, you know, we hooked them up with Unity Learn and they've been learning stuff on their own. And that's how they kind of came up with ideas where it's like, oh, I want to do lighting or, oh, I want to do like textures or materials or I want to make 3D models. And it's just like, so giving them that resource and then allowing them to be able to jump into that resource and then go, you know what? I really like this, but I only want to work on animation. I just want to be able to do animation and stuff. Like it gives them that freedom to be like, cool. Like I did a learning path for animation and like not only did i do it but now i know how to do all this but at the same time i could brag about it and put it on linkedin because it connects to linkedin so i could be like yeah i you know accomplished this goal and this achievement for unity like awesome so it's really cool to be able to have that kind of close knit as far as like hey you want to learn how to you know, create a level. Cool. Here, let's do some level design learning. You know, let's you know do that together. And uh, we actually just hired a uh, a guy who um, is, a, is a friend of mine, and we um, brought him in because he wants to be like you know he's, he used to be a teacher, and he's actually going to go through all of the learning paths and everything, learn them all, and then we can start giving like our new hires an actual like class they can take yeah. where they have an instructor who's basically going over like everything that is related to what they're doing. And then if they want to break off and like, I just want to model or animate or build a world or, you know, just code, like he'll be able to like sit down with them one-on-one -on -one and actually have those interactions. So it's not just watching a screen and watching recorded videos. And so it's actually having somebody sitting there with you going, okay, now show me how you do this. You know, let's do this. I do that sometimes myself and Andrea has as well. We do it with some of our team members as well, where we sit down with them and it's just like that one-on-one. -on -one. Because that one-on-one -on -one is, it's so much more valuable okay. than just staring at a screen and learning yes. from a screen. When I was in college, 
and I learned all of this, like the one thing my teachers used to always heavily like emphasize, I went to three different schools and they used to heavily emphasize is here's the book. They want us to teach you from the book. I'm not going to teach you from the book. We're going to learn the real way. And it was so cool because I had I had the privilege to have some instructors who worked for, you know, id Software or worked for Microsoft or worked for um, a couple other studios. Uh, I had a couple of instructors that worked for Activision. I had one instructor who was my business instructor who actually worked for multiple companies and setting up their actual business deals and doing like billion dollar deals. Oh. And I learned a lot from them. But it's like if I didn't have that engagement. I don't think I would have retained a lot of what I learned. I also don't think I would have appreciated it a lot. Um, so it's like, that's something else that drives our passion is we like giving our people that ability where it's like, let's sit down with you. Let's, let's look at what you've made and stuff. I mean, right now, a couple of the people in our company who are doing learnings, they're learning with Lego because <laughs> Lego just partnered with unity to allow people to actually start doing learnings with Legos. And we have people who sit here and they'll make this really cool like Lego game and everything. And they'll be like, look what I did. We'll sit down with them and like chat about it and stuff. And it's just like, it's so cool to see these people just so happy with what they put together. And it's just like, that's awesome. And then see what they feel about, you know, the games that we're making. And it's just like, that's what we live for. We live for that feeling where it's like that proud moment where it's like, wow, I helped with this. Yeah. You know? And we were trying to emphasize, you know, to all of our team and it's like some of our team members right now, like the ones who don't really help with gaming, they're like, Oh, we're so proud of you for being a part of E3. And it's like, no, we're proud of ourselves. Like it's all of us. It's, mm-hmm. it's us as a whole. It's not just, it's not just the game. It's not yeah. just the game developers that brought us to E3. It's the entire DVC entertainment and children companies. All of us are at E3, not just So it's it's a moment for all of us to be proud and passionate of because it's like like I mean, for lack of a better way to say it, we made it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I feel you. Even on the media side, we're like, hey, <laughs> we got invited. <laughs> so yeah, I, I feel you. I, like, hey mom, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just so cool because it sounds like Devious Entertainment isn't just about, you know, letting you do your passion, but help you find your passion. And exactly. I mean, there's just nobody else out there doing that as far as I'm concerned. And, and that's just amazing. Um, we have Arcane, We have Last Shot. We have Awoken. Uh, there's a slew of new games coming up. Um, how can they keep track of all these games coming up? Are you guys putting them up on the socials or anything like that? So socials is definitely a good way to follow us. Our websites keep you informed with what we have on them right now. Dreamfire's website will probably be, uh, should be launching at the end of the week. Yeah. Um, but you have a discord as well. Our discord has, um, we have our general communication that you can actually communicate with the actual developers. We don't have bots or people staging as like different identities. Like if you talk, if you go, if you join our discord, you're actually talking to developers and team members from the actual company. And then in our discord, we also have channels for the different games that are actively being worked on right now. Okay. If you go on Twitch, you can watch our uh, eSpot Live, which yeah. is one of our entertainment shows. That's every Monday and Thursday. We have a bunch of other shows that are not live streamed, but they're put on YouTube. Those are actually because COVID is finally, you know, calming down. Thank God. Okay. Um, we have all of our other shows that will be coming back here pretty soon. That will start being uploaded to YouTube and everything. Um, if you have keys for last shot, um, which we will be giving out periodically throughout the months, um, you will actually get to experience last shot from 
what it's at now, which is fully playable. Uh, there's two servers that are live. One is uh, for one of our game modes, which is Deathmatch. The other is for a game mode called Assault. Um, but those will constantly be live. People can jump into those, play those. But if you want to stay updated on those, um, joining our Discord would be where you want to go to make sure, like, you know, when we update servers, you know exactly, like, what's been updated, what's been added. Um, it is a game that will be free to play, but right now the only people who will have access are just, you know, when we randomly give out keys here periodically, E3, we've given out a lot of keys. Um, so there's a lot of new people who can get into that experience and stuff. Um, we will actually have our first in-person play session with it, which will actually be in August. We're going to a event down here in Florida, uh, called fanboy expo. So mm -hmm. if you come and check us out at fanboy expo, you can get a chance to, uh, play it live with us there and you'll have the opportunity to actually uh possibly get some cool prizes that we'll have there as well nice um but yeah you can keep up with us from anywhere on social media because i think we are plastered everywhere i mean we even have a reddit now <laughs> oh yeah and dvs entertainment our twitch channel our, actually our twitch channel twitch.tv slash dvs entertainment um our link for our discord is on there too okay. in our in our about section We'll also have all the links to DVC Entertainment socials, their Twitch and YouTube channel in the description, guys. So make sure you guys go over there, sub, follow, review, everything you could possibly do. Um, all right. Well, I think we're at a good spot here. We got a lot more E3 to come, so we got to make sure to get ready for that. I want to thank uh, both Andrea and Billy so much for joining me. It's been fantastic. Oh, thank you, you guys. for having us. Thanks for inviting us here. <laughs> Your guys' passion's infectious. <laughs> it's just such a quick <laughs> It's meant to be. That's how it should be. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you again for joining me. Uh, we will uh, see you guys next week. You guys have a great day. Bye.